You're listening to Trickle Down Theories, where football knowledge is power. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now, here's Eric Trickle. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Trickle Down Theories Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Trickle. On Trickle Down Theories, we talk about all things NFL, draft, and we have a focus on the Denver Broncos, as I am an analyst with MyLightHuddle.com. And as I was saying, we talk about all things, signings, trades, rosters, team needs, game recaps, game previews, just anything and everything you could think of. Today, I have a very special guest joining me and my colleague, Nick Kendall. Nick, how's it going? It's going pretty well. The football's, you know, right around the corner. College football started yesterday. Can't believe Colorado State got beat by Hawaii. I know some people listening to this are probably pretty upset about that. Probably some of them not so upset too, those Buffs fans. But yeah, ready to talk some football. And the fourth preseason game, you know, still going to decide some of these back end stuff. But we're going to do our best to get our best guesstimation on the 53 for the Broncos. Yep. As Nick mentioned we will be doing what we we will be giving you what we think the Denver Broncos do to make their 53-man roster and as also like he said is that some of the stuff still a little bit up in the air as some of these depth positions that a guy can step up and come out of nowhere and make that take that spot with the fourth preseason game so there's still some iffy spots here but I think for the most part we're going to be pretty accurate on this before I jump into that I just want to tell you guys why you guys need to become a VIP member. Now, at MileHeld.com, we do all sorts of articles. We do film reviews. We do game recaps. We do game previews. We do film pieces on players, X's and O's, all sorts of that stuff. And the best of our content is stuck behind a premium wall. To sign up and become a member of it all you guys got to do is go to my www.milehighhuddle.com and on the top right there's a thing that says become a member you just click on that and you get to pick either annual or monthly and go through all those steps and you'll be locked in so you get access to all of our content the all the x's and o's all the film pieces which not even talking about myself because i'm the greatest not really but you get all this great content from all my colleagues there. And they, I, I'm so happy that I'm able to work with such a great group of guys who are able to really break down things and make it. So some of the casual fans who don't know these X's and O's can understand it. And then for those who do understand it, they can really dive in and see what's going on with somebody else breaking it down. So they don't have to things like that. And then also you get access to our VIP forums which you can come in and you can chat and ask us questions and do all this sorts of stuff. And that's whenever we get any insider information from inside the Broncos organization, that's where it goes. So you get access to that. And now not to toot our own horn, there have been multiple stories over the last year that we have had. And we've had on our VIP forums before that they've gone public. We've had situations going on with CJ Anderson, just this last off season that was on our VIP forums before it even happened. So you guys get access to this information beforehand. You guys get access to information that doesn't always go public either. So that's definitely another reason why you should become a VIP member today. Now, jumping into our 53-man rosters, obviously the big key position on the team is punter. I mean, you're not going to win games without a quality punter. But um, seriously, though, just to get them out of the way, the special teams players, there's no competition there. So I'm pretty sure Nick and I are in agreement 
Marquette King, Brandon McManus, Casey Kreider, that's your puncher, kicker, and long snapper. Before we get into the other positions, I mean, again, there's just no competition there, so there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Those are the guys. Brandon McManus was pretty good on Friday night, just to call it out. Marquette King, you know, I was hoping for a little bit more consistency on the boots. He was not great the Vikings game, at least in my opinion. Second game, much better. Friday, I mean, I, they didn't really need him to punt so much because Brandon McManus was making a bunch of good field goals. So, overall, I mean, there's not really much competition here, like you said. And uh, Casey Kreider is a Hawkeye, so he's automatically just makes a roster. Yeah. And I agree. Marquette King, he, that Vikings game was a little wishy-washy. But his punting in the last two games have been really great when they've ne- when they've had a call on him because as you said they haven't really needed to call they didn't really need to call on him against the against Washington so yeah but jumping into the meat of things I know everybody wants to hear about the quarterback position I think that everyone listening kind of knows where we're going to go with this I don't think that we have any disagreement here obviously Case Keenum's the starter and then backup is Chag the Swag Kelly or whatever his nickname is. There you go. Clip that. Put it on your phone. Set it as a ringtone, whatever. That's the only time you'll hear me refer to him as Swag. Mm-hmm. And we'll then, see about that. <laughs> and then Paxton Lynch, he's the odd man out. Yeah, I'm hoping they get a chance to trade him, but I think trade, you know, wave, cut, sent to, on a rocket ship to Mars. Paxton Lynch is done in Denver, in my opinion. I just think that it's best case for both parties at this point, and Denver is ready to move on as well. Yep, definitely. And it definitely it's obvious that his time in Denver is done. You can tell it. You can tell just with how everything's being handled. I mean, he did get to come in in that third preseason game, which you normally don't see from third string quarterbacks. But I think it's just them kind of trying to boost some trade value there, seeing if they can't get something in return for him, or maybe have to send a little bit less with him to get somebody to take him off their hands. Similar to what the Houston Texans did with Brock Osweiler a year ago by sending a second-round pick with him to the Cleveland Browns just so they could eat a salary. Obviously, it's going to be a little bit different because there's much less money with Paxton Lynch than there is with Brock Osweiler. So that's going to be the thing there. But I think that if they send maybe like a fifth-round pick, they probably can get a conditional pick for a fourth or fifth round or something, maybe a sixth and fifth, something along those lines. Because... The, the reason why it's so key that they trade him instead of cutting him is if they cut him, they're spending – they have $600,000 more on their salary cap than if they were to keep them, whereas if they trade him, it lowers that number a little bit and they get to actually free up some money. So I think it's key that they want to try to trade him. And I will say this, though. His last two drives haven't been all that bad. Against the Bears, that final drive where they were trying to go down and win – Yes, he held the ball a little bit too long, but he was getting the ball out. He was throwing somewhat accurately, not great by any means, but he was showing some decent ability as the quarterback. And then that came out again against Washington where he was being – if he was getting pressured, he wasn't trying to hold on to the ball even longer. He just took off, which is something that we hadn't really seen. And so I think there's still – that he may have boosted his value up a little bit, but again – it's too little, too late. His time in Denver's done. Get him out of here. I'm ready. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. It'll suck if he goes somewhere and then all of a sudden turns it around. But it's just it's it's a dark cloud on the Broncos and just him even being here at this point for him as well. So I'm not sure. I don't think the Broncos will end up bringing a backup quarterback or a veteran 
Chad Kelly does make me a little nervous because there are some faults there. I'm not sure if he comes in, if Case Keenum gets hurt, that this team is going to win many games. He does have tools, but he's still got a ways to go in the nuance of the game. But he's shown enough that I think you got to keep him as that number two. And potentially, we'll see again You know, next offseason. He's not, he hasn't shown enough where you're completely comfortable with the QB room going forward in terms of the future. But there, there's tools there. There's stuff to work with. And at the very least, I'll say that I'm very intrigued by him going forward for the Broncos. Yeah, I agree. And I've been a harsh critic of Chad Kelly's going back to before he was drafted. And I will say this, that he is on his way to proving me wrong. But he, a lot of things that I thought he needed to work on, he's showing that he is putting the work on. He has improved in some of these areas that I that he I thought he needed to. There are still some areas that he needs to. He still needs to start not trying to always make the play. In the last two games, he threw. He was running off to the sideline. One of them, he ended up running out of bounds and lost a yard. He could he could have just thrown the ball away. And then this last game was he was trying to force a pass into I think Tim Patrick or Cortland Sutton. I can't remember who it was. And the Washington corner just kind of jumps up and almost comes down with the interception. He had an interception against the and against the Vikings, and they had a he had a near interception against the Vikings as well, where it was just him trying to force something that wasn't there. You want to see that cut back a little bit because if you're losing your starter, the backup needs to go in and at the very worst or very least not lose you the games. And if he's going to try too much and try to force things, that's where mistakes happen and that's where he can lose you games. But he has shown enough to be that backup quarterback, I think, for this year. If Case Keenum goes down and is going to miss some time, I think they do bring in another quarterback, obviously, because you still need a backup for Chad Kelly. And I think that maybe you might see Chad Kelly just end up backing up this veteran. You can't really say for sure until that time comes. Again, it's how is Chad Kelly going to keep progressing? This last game was definitely his worst game of the three preseason games so far, but it wasn't bad by any means. He had some really nice throws in there too. Some of the red zone where, you know, Parker just missed it or stuff like that. Like he's got, he's got tools for sure. So I'm intrigued by him going forward. It's not enough to say the Broncos have their quarterback in the future, in my opinion. But there's enough there, there's enough flashes, and there's just enough raw talent in terms of athleticism and arm strength and just that that poise, you know, that X factor, which I hate to say, but, you know, he, there's a little energy that he brings to the field when he's out there that I'm intrigued. But we'll see. It's going to take a full season of him working and being the guy as the backup and growing in that regard. Because, again, this is still his first offseason since being injured, first offseason really as a, a full-time NFL player. So we'll see what he can go, but there's enough promise there that – I am I'm intrigued and I'm excited to see him going forward. Yeah, I agree. And the biggest thing I want to see him for is I want to see him work a little bit quicker through his reads. I want to see him improve his ball placement and I want to see some freaking footwork. Yeah. I'm so sick and tired of watching him hit finish his drop back and then his feet are dead. Stay on your toes, keep your feet moving, keep your feet going because getting that down it's going to help a lot with his ball placement moving forward. Yeah, and last thing I want to say on the quarterback position, specifically Chad Kelly, is that you're talking about the film stuff, the field stuff. I agree that's important. But for me, it's the off-the-field stuff, coming in, being a professional, working, getting better. You know, it's been always the maturity and stuff that's been a question for Chad Kelly. You know, he's gotten in arguments with his coaches in the spring game when he was at Clemson just and also staying out of trouble off the field. But I want to see him come in, be a professional, grow in that way, and – just really take to Case Keenum and that leadership role and everything like that and grow as a person. Because if he can, the question isn't the tools, it's the health, A, and also just the work ethic, maturity, everything like that. So if he's grown up, the Broncos maybe have something, but there's there's questions there. 
Yes, definitely. Now moving on to running back, I think that we're going to have a little bit of differences here. I only have three running backs making it. Now, the big thing is, is I got word as I was actually sitting down to do this, that the Denver Broncos are working the phones trying to trade Devontae Booker. So moving forward with this is I had it where they do end up moving on from Devontae Booker, which I think that's going to be where one of our big differences lies. And then, but the three running backs I have making it are Royce Freeman, Philip Lindsay, and D'Angelo Henderson. And just to throw this out there, I do have fullback Andy Janovich making it, which is why I only have three backs or three running backs. So there's only four guys in that backfield for them. So Freeman, I think he's shown enough to be the starter. Philip Lindsay, he has shown enough to where he should be the number two running back going forward. He can do his pass protection isn't bad. And I think that it's not quite as good as Booker's, but that's one of the only things that Booker brings to the table. D'Angelo Henderson, he hasn't really shown much yet, but he did step up and show some stuff against Washington. So I think as that third back, he'll be in there. But I think if you're going to keep Janovich, you want to find a way to use him. And helping limit the guys who can get carries in that backfield. Freeman, he's going to be your short yardage back. And so if he's out of the game and Janovich is still there, Janovich can be that short yardage back for you to help pick up some of those third and ones and whatnot. So. But yeah, the biggest thing is that it's just Booker with hearing word that they were trying to trade him. So I just kind of went forward with that. And then it came down to roster math. I was trying to figure out a way to fit David Williams on there. And with how I have other things breaking down, I don't see it going on. So that's where it happened. What about for you? I do have Booker making it, but like, as you said, there's talk that he might trade him. So right now I'm projecting no trades, but there's a few guys in the Broncos that I would not be surprised if they moved, if there was some intrigue. And some guys that they might bring on, some veterans. You know, you mentioned Corey Nel- when we were talking before the podcast. Corey Nelson was just released by the Eagles, and that's somebody who could come in. But for me, I do have Royce Freeman making it. He's actually listed as number one running back for me. Then I have Booker number two, Philip Lindsay, the third down running back to list number three here. And then I actually have David Williams over D'Angelo Henderson. And I think this fourth preseason game, they're gonna we're gonna see a battle between those two guys if they can make the roster. And in the third game, David Williams kept catching my eye. He made a couple really good grabs, like away from his body. I looked like a wide receiver out there. So if you get a chance to go back and watch the game, I'd look out for David Williams in the past game because he looked like he had some natural hands, and then he also had some really good uh, blitz pickups as well. So I have David Williams making it over D'Angelo Henderson. For now, it's you know, it's really close. I can see it going either way, and I think it's going to come down to that fourth preseason game. But I just wanted to talk about David Williams and how much his hands and pass blocking impressed me in that third game, especially his hands. I mean, seriously – catch away from his body. There was one where he had to go up and get it because Chad Kelly's ball placement wasn't great. And he just plucked it and then was able to run for another six, seven yards. And that's that's pretty rare for a running back. So David Williams deserves a little bit of props. And I'm curious to see if he can get a chance to stay on that 53. They might try to sink him on a practice squad, but I right now I, I like him. Yeah. And uh, I'm a big fan of David Williams. I When I sat down after they drafted him and watched his tape, I came away really impressed with what he could do. I think that he has the best footwork of all the running backs on the roster. But what it came down to me was if you're looking at playmaking, Henderson brings a little bit more of that to this roster. Williams, he's kind of, he can do other things for you, but he is more so limited to that short yardage situation with Janovich and Freeman and then Lindsay. And then you add Williams to that. It's you're definitely loading up on those guys who can pick up those short yarded situations and limiting yourself for that big playmaking ability, taking those screens and taking them all the way, things like that. So that's the big reason why I went with Henderson. 
But I do agree that this last game, it's going to be key for both Henderson and Williams. And this is where you're going to make it either. This is where these guys are going to either make the roster or see themselves either on the outside looking in and hoping another team picks them up or on the practice squad. Yep. So that's a key, you know, that fourth game, some people not really interested, you know, no starters really play, but one battle to really watch David Williams versus D'Angelo Henderson. And I think Booker might get some work as well. We'll see, but those are the two guys that I'm looking for. And again, Williams hands really impressed me and Henderson's been disappointing so far in the preseason to me. So I think that it'll come down to those two, but that was a, I do have Andy Danovich making it as well. Didn't mention that. His special teams play is solid. Uh, they made some big plays with him. And the way the offensive line looked, I think this is a team that's going to be pretty smash mouth, especially if the defense plays as well as they did against. You're going to have a lot of opportunities just to keep punching teams in the mouth. And Danovich kind of brings that hammer. I do think he's one guy that the fans do overrate, but he has a role on this team. And I hope that they use him more effectively going forward. But, you know, that smash mouth mentality, I think Janovich probably makes sense, even though I do like Austin Trailer and kind of that dual mold. I think the, the run game is more of the identity for the offense than what the passing game will be. Yeah, with Janovich, uh, I'm very, very adamant that he shouldn't make this roster, and that really hasn't changed. My biggest reasoning for this is, is that you can get the same things that he brings to the offense from one of these tight ends. And these tight ends have definitely outplayed him so far this preseason. That's the big key for me there. Not that he's a bad player. He's makes some solid blocks. I mean, he had two key blocks for two touchdowns against Washington. He's decent on special teams, but he needs to be more consistent. In the first half against Washington, he played five snaps. He whiffed on one block completely, which, granted, it didn't lead to the ball carrier being tackled for a short gain because there was issues with some blocking with the offensive line that they were able to – the defensive line was able to throw them off and make the play. But had those guys been able to maintain their block, then Janovich completely whiffed. I mean, he goes up, and I'm surprised he wasn't called for a flag on this because he comes up, and after the guy's behind him, he reaches around and grabs him from behind. Like, his hands are in front of him, and he's grabbing him. So a little bit concerned there. And then another play was he goes and he throws a cut block, which is fine, except that the defender was already engaged by an offensive lineman, which makes it a chop block, which should have been penalized for as well. Um, so I, I just want to see more consistency from Janovich. I, I know he's going to make this roster. I still don't think, as I said, I don't think he really should. But with him doing it, I want to see more consistency. I have Last year, I was a big supporter of him, and I was hoping for more consistency. I was hoping for more usage, and it didn't come. Hopefully the third year is we finally actually get to see that. Can't disagree. As for wide receiver, uh, I end up having only five guys here. Now, I had six. And then about five minutes before we sat down recording it, I scratched the sixth one off. And we'll get to the reason why here in just a little bit. But I think the first four, it's obvious. Every fan knows that these four are going to make it. Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton. Is there any argument about these guys making it? No, of course not. Those guys are definitely all making it. And I have high hopes for all of them going forward. I love the fact that they're trying Thomas in kind of a new role. Cortland Sutton, he's that guy he turns, as everybody knows, turns 50-50 balls into 60-40 at the very least. I mean, I would even argue some of these are become 80-20. That that play when he was covered by Josh Norman, holy cow. Like, that ball was perfectly placed, and he goes up and he gets it. Norman had great coverage on it. He was playing the ball. There was just nothing he could do. Outside of shoving Sutton to try to drop the catch and end up drawing a flag, 
Norman was stuck. There was not a thing he could do to play that ball better. And then Hamilton and Sanders. Sanders looks like he's going to be have a career year this year. And then Hamilton, he's going to be really effective between the 20s for this Broncos offense with his, his route running. It's going to be hard for some of these corners to stay with him. Yeah, I'm excited about Sutton. He showed some crazy jump ball ability, finally flashing. And I think that three wide receiver sets, 11 personnel are going to be very fun with him in there. Uh, Deshaun Hamilton, he showed pretty well his routes. His ability to create separation and his routes are great. I do think that he also showed that recently he fell to the fifth, fourth round. You know, he doesn't really have that breakaway speed once he does get that route. There's a couple plays where he had a chance, then if he could have made that first guy miss, would have been, you know, 20, 30-yard play. Didn't get it, didn't really have that move, but he's going to find a way to be open underneath it on the side. Sanders looks great. I'm curious, Demarius Thomas, like, he... he there's a couple of plays. Look, he went to the sideline, and it looked like the trainers were kind of looking at him. So I'm curious about his health. And but either way, the Broncos have good depth there, and I have those first four guys making it. Now, the fifth one I have making it. I had a hard time getting uh, releasing this guy. Hopefully, he can be on the practice squad. But Patrick from uh, Utah, second year guy, he looked pretty darn good and all season, all preseason. But I just do not have room for him. And Isaiah McKenzie, I thought he'd shown enough on special teams. And with this being a running and defensive minded team having a guy that can flip the field and offer some explosive ability on special teams. So I got Isaiah McKenzie there. He had two pretty good plays in this game Friday. The first, he had one pretty good return. And the second, there was a bounce where Isaac Yadam, actually the ball bounced up and hit him. And McKenzie had a very, you know, heads up, high awareness play where he jumped on the ball right away and protected it and prevented the Redskins from getting the ball. I think it would have been in the red zone. So McKenzie, because of his field flipping ability, um, he's shown pretty good hands besides that crazy good punch out by that Bears guy, which Calvin Johnson would have probably fumbled it the way that guy came up and punched that ball. It was, I mean, just a great play. So, so I got McKenzie being that fifth wide receiver, and hopefully the Broncos can sneak Tim Patrick on the practice squad. But they got great depth there, and because keeping that fullback and that fourth running back in the situation, I just couldn't keep a sixth wide receiver. See, and I'm the opposite of you. I ended up t- ended up crossing off Isaiah McKenzie's name and leaving Tim Patrick's. Mm-hmm. Now, the big reason why is Tim Patrick, he has shown that he can can contribute on offense, and he plays decent on special teams as well. McKenzie, yeah, he brings this huge punt return ability, but Denver just signed a guy who's can help on the punt returns. Philip Lindsay, he's looked okay on punt returns. I still think that they'd want to keep McKenzie around on the practice squad, and I think with his fumbling issues, I think they'll be able to sneak him on there. And you're right that the fumble against the Bears was a really good play by the defense, but with what we saw from him last year and adding that to it, I think it's hard, really hard to sit there and not have some concerns about it. I will say this, though, about McKenzie, that after that fumble, seeing him come back and play like he did against Washington, I mean, it wasn't some over-the-top excellent play, but he was playing smart. He was keeping his he, – he was playing aware of what was going on around him. He was calling for Isaac Yadam to back off from it, and the ball just bounced unlucky and hit his foot. And he was heads up to jump on it. I like that because he last year, whenever he'd make a bad play, you can kind of see him. His mood would kind of change, and he'd lose some confidence. It seemed like, and this year that's not the case. So, I mean, if you can find a way to fit him on the roster, I think you definitely do. It just came down to roster math, and I will say this though: over this, I have I have fifty two guys that I think are pretty much cemented in their spot. So he could be that fifty third guy because. I'm not sure, and this goes back to Devontae Booker a little bit. With them possibly trading him, that's the reason why I only left it at 52. If they don't, Booker makes it, I think, but 
then you have Isaiah McKenzie and a couple other guys that I'll talk we'll talk about here in a little bit. But yeah, yeah I think Patrick I think Patrick is a guy who it's at this point, if you cut him, he's ending up somewhere else. There's a lot of teams that still need that like number three, number four wide receiver, and he can come in and he can do that job. And he has made a couple plays this preseason to show to sit there and show that he can do it. Yeah, yeah I mean it's a twin toss, and I think that fifth or sixth wide receiver spot is another one that's going to come down to this preseason game four. And if McKenzie can show some in the offense and have some more big plays on the return, I just think that explosive element and winning that third phase, his ability to flip the field and really help that defense and offense is more than Tim Patrick, who's more of a a good coverage guy. But the Broncos have some good coverage guys on the special teams unit. So I went with the returner, but it's, you know, fourth game will decide it. And I just hope that they can find a way to get some more explosive plays on special teams and that's the guy that will make it happen. Yeah, and one thing you said I that I wanted to point out that I actually agree with wholeheartedly is that keeping a player like Janovich makes it hard elsewhere. Position versatility is so key that I think that if we're able to cut Janovich, then I think it guarantees a spot for this sixth wide receiver or for me this fourth running back or a seventh defensive line or fifth outside linebacker. I mean – when you're keeping a guy who's only going to come in and do basically one thing on offense, who can't be really be moved around and his play on special teams can be made up for by somebody else. You limit yourself elsewhere. And that's one reason why I was, I, I don't think that Janovich should make it, but with having to make it, I, I like that point that you said that it makes it hard elsewhere. Yeah. Now, do you want to kick us off with tight ends? Sure. I actually only have three, which is unfortunate again, keeping that fourth running back and the, a fullback as well makes it harder, but I got Hireman making it. He's made some plays. I'm worried about his health. That's what makes me really nervous about only keeping three, but I just, that's the way the roster math comes out right now without me projecting trades. I have Jake, Butt number two, he had actually had a good third down uh, chain moving catch this last week, but I'm excited to see more from him. Hopeful to see more from him as the season progresses, but I have him as tight end two. And then I have Austin trailer as tight end three. He doesn't bring the receiving ability that we've seen from lacrosse or, Parker at this point. Well, hopefully one of those guys will be on the Broncos practice squad. And but trailer I think is the best blocker of that group overall, at least, you know, versatility wise. And he's he was in there with that second team and he was the main tight end being featured. So I think he's gonna be that third one on there. And he can be an effective inline guy if they need him as well. Yeah, I agree. Hireman, Butt, Trailer, those are my top three guys. I've been really disappointed with Jake Butt. It was it was great to finally see him get involved in the offense on that big third down catch, but his play as a blocker has definitely have to step has to step up and improve. Jeff Hireman, I think he's answered the questions about why he's the number one tight end on this roster. Now that he's healthy, he's looking strong, he's looking quick, and it's just he's great. He's great for this offense. It's another weapon for them to help move the ball. Trailer again, everything you mentioned is I wholeheartedly agree with, but I also have Matt Lacoste making it. And this was this was another position where it's like three, four. I mean, like with receiver, it was five or six. Like, how many do you want to keep? I decided to go with four at tight end simply because that Jake Butt, he's coming back from injury. Austin Trailer got banged up this preseason. Jeff Hireman, he's finally back healthy. So there's still there's still some health concerns there with those top three guys that I kept the fourth one because I don't think that Matt Lacoste will make it to make it through waivers to the practice squad. I think Brian Parker, there has a chance for him too. So I think that you definitely want to keep Matt Lacoste because he has made some multiple plays for the Broncos offense this year, this preseason. 
yeah, so it's, you know, 53 is a hard thing to keep it at. I actually have it short on those passing weapons, unfortunately, in five wide receivers and three tight ends, but that's just how it came out with the roster map on this one. So we'll see. Trades will change it around, and the fourth preseason game will change it around. But on the offensive line, I got nine guys. I got three definitely written in offensive tackles and Garrett Bowles, Cyrus Cuanjo, and Jared Beldier. I think all three of those guys have looked pretty good. You know, not perfect by any means, but definitely probably the best trio of tackles the Broncos have had on the roster in quite some time. So that's exciting. On the interior, I have Ronald Leary and Max Garcia. Max Garcia, if somebody came and offered a good pick for him, I would consider it. But he's looked good in the preseason, actually. Probably the best I remember him since he was a kind of a spot starter rotating with, oh gosh, who was that guard that the Broncos had? Evan Mathis. So he's been flashing there, and he's also played some center and looked well there as well. Um, Ronald Leary starting, of course. Connor McGovern, he's had some flashes. There's been some up-and-down play from him, but I think he's looking like at least a viable right guard that can grow even more. Billy Turner has that right guard slash right tackle if they need to, although the backup right tackle is the spot I'm the most worried about just because I don't think Turner's a great option there. And I do have parodies obviously starting, and I have Sam Jones listed as making the roster right now, the active 53. Whether or not he will be IR, he has had some back issues. I know he was injured, did not play this week. Um, he flashed a lot, so it's either for me, he's either making the 53 or he's going to be put on IR. But typically you see offenses carry nine offensive linemen and you know one of them won't dress during the game, one or two won't dress during the game. So I got those nine guys right now. Yeah, and I kind of played it a little tight here because I only have eight. This is where that fourth tight end spot came in. Is I had to cut somewhere else. I cut this ninth offensive lineman. And here's why. Is the versatility that some of these guys have. Garrett Bulls, Jared Valdir, those that's your left tackle, right tackle. That there's no doubt about that. Like they're the starters. And that's about all that they're gonna bring. Cyrus Quanjo, he's gonna be that backup ta- backup left tackle. We haven't seen him at right tackle at all this preseason, so I have some concerns there. Then you have Billy Turner. If you lose a guard, he can come in and he can play guard. If you lose a tackle, he can come in and play tackle. He can play left or right side. He's better on the right side, though. Then you have Leary, who's he can play either guard spot. You have Connor McGovern. He can play – we've seen him at right guard and center, and he's played well at both. He's been a little bit better at center, though. Max Garcia, who he's got – I think he ends up making it because of the experience he brings over the rest of these interior offensive linemen that they have for the backups. And his play at center has been, has been decently strong. So, and then obviously Matt Paradis as the center. You have Turner who can play inside or out, inside or outside on the right side. You have Kwanjo who can play either tackle spot. You have Jared Valdir who could play either tackle spot as well, just in case Bulls go down. They could possibly move uh, Valdir over to the left side and bring in Turner. You have McGovern and Garcia who, if Paradis goes down, they can step in at center and have one of them can move to center and the other one can move to guard. Like, you have this position versatility that as long as you don't lose more than three offensive linemen, you're good. (laughs) And how often do you see three offensive linemen go down in a single game? It's not common. Yeah. So you definitely end up having to dress all eight of them. But, again, if you're just not – if you're going to bring that ninth one and he's not going to dress, then I'd say – go ahead and move on. You You have the versatility to deal with not having that ninth guy dress them all, and then you're covered. Yeah, I disagree. Now, before we get to the defensive side of the ball, I want to tell you guys about our great sponsor in Audible. You guys can get a free audiobook download and a free 30-day trial at www.audibletrial.com slash huddleup. 
They have over like 180,000 titles that you can choose from. You can use it on your iPhone, your iPad, your Samsung device, your MP3 player, your Kindle, Android, whatever. You can use it on just about everything. It's www.audibletrial.com slash huddle up. And again, it's a free 30-day trial, and you can get a free audiobook download. So it's a great thing. Now, I use this, and I absolutely love it. I'm a very busy man. I'm working security. I have a young daughter who's just over a year old, constantly getting into stuff, constantly doing stuff for the site, breaking down film, writing stuff up, doing podcasts, editing podcasts. I don't have a lot of time to sit down and read as much as I love to. So Audible trial or Audible is able it gives me a way to sit here and I'm in the middle of watching some film. I can mute the film and I can listen to a book because I'm watching. This is great. I use this stuff for some football books that I want to listen to. Stuff that helps me grow is what I, at what I'm doing. Then I'm a big Star Wars nerd, so I, I, I always check out what Star Wars books they have. Audible's great. I definitely suggest it for any for all of you listeners to look into, especially if you're busy. I mean, you, even if you're just driving, you can place it, put something on in the car and listen to it as you're driving. It's great. It's versatile, and as much as I love again, as much as I love to read books, this is something that works just as makes things a lot easier if you love to read. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, this is where things get interesting because you have so many versatile pieces on this defense of who can do this and who can do that, that it makes it hard to decide where you exactly want to go. This is exact. This is especially true on the defensive line. Obviously. The, question, the biggest question is, do they keep six or do they keep seven? Do they find a way to keep that seventh? Because right now, you have five that I think are guaranteed a roster spot. Derek Wolf is a no-brainer. Domita Pecco, Adam Gossett, Shelby Harris, Demarcus Walker. They're all no-brainers. Demarcus Walker's been killing it this preseason. Adam Gossett, he's looking improved. Shelby Harris is looking really strong. Domita Pecco, he had a rough game against the against Washington, but he's looked really good all around this preseason. So those five are are pretty much cemented in, but then you get down to six or seven, and this is Zach Kerr or Clinton McDonald. And Deshaun Williams is another one that Vance Joseph likes a lot, and he's a guy who they're saying can make a roster, and he hasn't played much, which makes me, makes me think that they're going to try to sneak him over onto the practice squad. Now, I have seven making it. I have both Kerr and McDonald making it. But this was a thing of, again, of that 52 spots and wanting in the 53rd. I threw McDonald down as that 53rd guy. So definitely he's one that can move elsewhere. And the big reason why I went with Kerr, I'm going with Kerr over McDonald that they have only carry six is because if you look at the size of these guys, Demarcus Walker, he's not no, he's not even 300 pounds. Harris, Gotts, and Wolf, they're right around that 300 pound mark. Damata Pecco is the only one that's over 330 pounds. And when you're looking at getting close to the goal line and you got to face jumbo packages, you want guys who can eat up space. Clinton McDonald, he's not quite that size. Zach Kerr is over 330 pounds. He plays really quick. He gets off the snap quick, and he can blow offensive linemen up. The biggest reason why I keep him is simple the fact of that it's this extra size, this extra 330 pounds that you have on this defensive line. Yeah, I have Kerr as well, making it as that other guy. I don't have Clinton making it. Kerr, actually, when I was watching it, I watched the defensive line, you know, watching it, the plays over and over again, focusing on different guys. And I thought Kerr was looking really explosive out of his snap, out of the snap, attacking the offensive line. And he has that ability to play. I think he's probably not a great five tech. He probably could fill there if he need to, but he can play three. He can play zero. He can play one. He's got good 
penetration ability, actually. I know Clint McDonald's actually the more pass rushing guy, but I think Kerr, just because he can fill that nose tackle job better and how he can fit across that defensive line makes more sense. And I do not have them keeping McDonald in that case. So I have Wolf, Pecco, and Gatsas as the base starters. And I have Shelby Harris and Demarcus Walker as the ability to come in and Zach Kerr as that three technique down to zero and one for that backup for Pecco. I agree. And again, I can't talk about how much all preseason long Zach Kerr has been one of the first defensive linemen off the snap when he's been on the field. So that's great to see. And yeah, again, I like Clint McDonald. I like what he's done, but it's just a matter of roster math. If they can't find a way to keep him, then I think, and they only keep six, then it's definitely, it's an easy choice for me. Outside linebacker, I'll let you kick this one off. But first, I just want to say this. This is one that's going to be interesting. This is one that's going to need to be kept an eye on moving forward because there's definitely some movement that the Broncos can do here. Well, I am not projecting any trades, so I have Shane Ray here. But that said, I I could see them moving him if somebody offered anything decent. Um, I have Bradley Chubb and Von Miller as the starters, second string Shaq Barrett and Shane Ray. I thought both flashed and had good plays against the Redskins, both the Broncos' first unit and second unit. Chubb is inconsistent. With granted, he was going against Trent Williams mostly, who might be the best tackle in the entire NFL. There's a couple plays where Trent Williams got the best of him, but there were a couple plays where Chubb was making some plays on Trent Williams as well, so that's fine. And then on this, I have a fifth-edge rusher on this team. I kept Jeff Holland. I could see Marcus Rush there, but I think Holland's got more of that bendability, and I think he matches Shane Ray's skill set and Von Miller's skill set a little bit more uh, slightly better pass rushing skills than Marcus Rush, in my opinion. Marcus Rush will definitely be a guy pushing for this spot as well, but right now I got Holland. And if the Broncos do end up getting somebody to offer some value for Shane Ray, because he honestly, he's out there, I did not see him on the first team defense very much. It was mostly Chubb, even when they they weren't showing much NASCAR package stuff, but Shane Ray was playing a backups role. So if somebody offers some sort of value for him, I could see them trading him. Granted, he can never have enough quality pass rushers, especially on the edge. And even if it's just a backup, that's still some value there. But I got Shane Ray making it right now. But I could see the team trading him if they want to. Yeah, Vaughn Miller and Bradley Chubb, those were, the, those were the starters for the game against Washington. Now, third preseason game, this is where you kind of want to pay attention to when people take the field. Because if in the first two preseason games they're seeing the field early and they don't in the third one, that kind of hints that they want to try to sneak him onto the practice squad. And that's what I saw with Rush. I don't remember seeing him on the field for the defense – outside of maybe one snap. And even then, I'm not positive. Yeah, I do not remember seeing him out there this game as well. But the key thing that I really want to note is that the third linebacker, rush linebacker, to take the field was Shaq Barrett. Mm-hmm. Denver was pro- good. Yeah, and he looked really good. Yeah. Bradley Chubb, as you said, he had some he, – he was inconsistent. I mean, but playing against Trent Williams, that's going to happen. But – he still made some big plays against Washington as well, and then he's really he really stood out against the, against Chicago. I have a film piece up against him and against some for some of his plays against Chicago. Definitely worth checking out. Jane Ray didn't see the field until late in the second quarter. That's about that point where they're starting to okay, we're pulling some of our starters out and throwing these backups, and that's when you start seeing Shane Ray, Jeff Hall, and he played a few snaps in the third, and but not many. So it definitely looks like that they were trying to make it so they could possibly sneak Holland onto the practice squad as well, but he did see some reps. Yeah, but I got those five guys making it for right now. Yeah, and Shane Ray, his play this preseason hasn't been that great. I mean, he's made a couple plays. We finally see him notch a sack against uh, against Washington, but... It was a nice sack, too. 
it, it was, it was. And um, he's had, he's had a couple nice rushes that have been really well. This have been done really well this preseason, but it's just lacking in lacking consistency. His get off has been really slow. I'm not sure if it's the added weight or what, but he's looking slower on his get off. He's not looking anywhere near as strong as this added weight was supposed to make him. So definitely concerns there. I still have him making it. Miller Chubb, Barrett, Ray Holland, those are the five guys I have making it. Marcus Rush, I have them trying to sneak onto the practice squad simply because of the fact that I noted. Don't remember seeing him on defense outside of maybe one snap. And so that just kind of hints that he's going to try. They're going to they're going to try to sneak him, I think. I mean, his what play the first about? Sorry, go ahead. His play the first two games was really good. So, what do you think about them trading Shane Ray? Is that more of a possibility, less of a possibility? There's some talk about it from you that you know we've been hearing about it earlier in the preseason, but I have not heard as much about that recently over the last week. Over what? Of Shane Ray potentially being moved. Oh yeah, I still think that's a possibility. Um, at this point, I think it's less likely than it was. So we'll see what's what the case is here. So um, going forward, I mean, I think he's going to end up seeing a lot of time in the fourth preseason game to really show what he could do. So definitely worth keeping an eye on. Moving on to cornerback or moving on to inside linebacker, I have four guys making it, but there's a possibility here that I'm going to toss out. Obviously, you have Brandon Marshall, Todd Davis, and Josie Jewell. Those three are the top three guys at the corner at the linebacker position. And I don't think there's any arguments about it. I have Zaire Anderson, Zaire Anderson making it. But my thing is, is that the Philadelphia Eagles cut Corey Nelson. So I won't be surprised if Denver goes and tried to get him because he is a definite upgrade over Zaire Anderson. The special teams play is better. He brings more help covering tight ends. So I think he brings more to the defense and to the team in general. Alexander Johnson, he hasn't shown much on defense. He's looked Pretty, he's looked good on special teams, but with some concerns with Todd Davis and Brandon Marshall being able to stay out on the field, then you want you want to be able to see some defensive side ability from their that fourth linebacker just in case. So that's why I go have Zaire Anderson over Alexander Johnson. But I really do think that they end up trying to at least at least trying to bring back Corey Nelson. Yeah, I have. Todd Davis, Brandon Marshall starting, Josie Jewell making it. And then also I have Alexander Johnson listed just because of the contract they paid him. I'm not sure how that contract would change if he was waived and then put on the practice squad like our teams. Is he going to want to stay on the practice squad for the amount of money the Broncos paid him? Because they gave him a pretty serious deal and there's some interest for him. So right now I have Alexander Johnson making it as the fourth linebacker. But Corey Nelson's definitely a guy that I would be interested in bringing back. I think the Broncos should be interested in bringing him back as well, but hopefully they can hold on to Alexander Johnson because I watched some of his tape. They don't really have many cut-ups on YouTube, but his tape from his sophomore year, you know, looked slow, didn't look very good, kind of not great closing speed, not great change of direction, but then I put on tape from his last year playing, and he looked a lot better against Oklahoma making plays. He's still limited, you know, more of a, a thumper than he is a cover guy, but I think there's potential there. He's big, he's got size, he's got some instincts, he likes to hit so hopefully they can keep him on the practice squad because I think he's got he's got a potential to be a, a solid contributor on an NFL team that just hasn't played for a long time. So definitely going to be keeping an eye on him, and I'm hoping that in the fourth preseason game he gets a good set of reps. So I don't know. There'll be some interest there for him, but I think the 
potentially the contract that he's being paid might keep him in Denver because he has to choose to go to another team for the 53, and that team has to put him on the active roster if they claim him. It's worth noting, though, that if they waive him, whichever team signs him, if they do, they have to pay him the contract that Denver gave him. If he clear waivers, he then has a choice of where he wants to go. He already chose Denver once, so maybe they can do something to try to get him to choose there again. So... Obviously, somebody, another team may come up and say, hey, we want you on our roster. Kind of similar to what happened with Kyle Slaughter last year is he cleared waivers and the Vikings wanted to sign him to the their active roster and Denver tried to sign him back to the practice squad. So maybe that happens with Johnson. But this fourth game is definitely going to be key for Anderson and Johnson both. And maybe one of them steps up to the point where, that hey, they don't need Corey Nelson. Yeah, so Zaire, Zaire Anderson – hardly a roster rosterable player so hopefully they can move on from him because he just run even you know what does he do well he can play special teams but he's not great in coverage and he's not good run support so the broncos had any sort of talent or an average level depth at off-ball linebacker i think zaire anderson wouldn't be on this team and i think that spot after signing adam pacman jones today is probably the weakest spot on the entire roster that third and fourth depth off-ball linebacker before moving before moving on to cornerback, I just want to say for Anderson, his two best plays this preseason has been an interception and a big big stop on a screenplay. But the issues with these is on the in, on the interception, he was beat and he was beat badly. The pass was high, went through the receiver's hands, and it was lucky to bounce his way. Obviously, it didn't actually bounce on the ground, just how it was bounced off his fingers. It was right place, right time kind of play. But he was beat badly on that. Yeah. And then the other one was against Chicago. And it was a screenplay, and none of the offensive line even were aware that Anderson was coming to blow up this play. So, again, I mean, this is a better play by him where he was able to avoid contact and make the stop. But if any of those offensive linemen were paying attention, then Anderson doesn't make that tackle. Yeah. He does not a very good player, so – the Broncos will be better if they don't keep him on there. You know, he can fill a role, but there's nothing special about what he's done so far. And right now he's just, he's just a warm body that can fill a role. So hopefully they can find more talent there. Yeah. And now moving on to corner, as you said, they signed Adam Jones. And this was one reason for a lot of my last minute changes is because obviously we're recording this on Sunday, August 26th. And they signed Adam Jones just like 15, 20 minutes before we started recording this. So this was his signing was what caused a bunch of changes. Now I have six corners making it and I'm going to start off with Adam Jones, even though obviously he's not my top corner is his ability on punt return is why I was a, was comfortable with moving on with not having Isaiah McKenzie. He is a really good punt returner when he's back there. So that's why I look, went that way with McKenzie, but Harris, Bradley Roby, Tremaine Brock, Adam Jones, Isaac Yadam, and Brendan Langley. Those are the guys that I have making it. Denver doesn't seem ready to give up on Brandon Langley or Isaac Yadam. Obviously, both of them are in their uh, – Yadam's in his, sec, in, his, in his rookie year, and Langley's in his second year. Langley was raw, and he has shown improvement as a corner. Still makes some mistakes, but the biggest thing is that he is a key gunner on this team. His play on he special teams – plays on special teams. Yeah, yes. very good. He, he is really good on special teams. He is a key special teams player. Isaac Yadam, he played a little bit better against the against Washington than he has the rest of the preseason. He did get ca- caught flat-footed for a touchdown, and yeah. but he recovered somewhat well, but he was also expecting safety help over the top that never came. 
So that's worth noting as well. It wasn't all him, although it wasn't a great play by him. And then he did have that one where he wasn't paying too much attention on that first punt and ball bounce up. Should have been paying more attention, but still, bounce was unlucky and just managed to catch him. So he's that he has shown a little bit to be that fifth guy and still make the roster. Langley's still a key special teamer. So I think that that's why they end up keeping six. And Tremaine Brock has looked pretty good. I was skeptical of him. I'm glad they're bringing in Pac-Man Jones to have more quality depth there. And the Pac-Man Jones is a guy that I haven't seen really anybody talk about this yet, but he has familiarity with both Vance Joseph and Joe Woods. Joe Woods was his defensive back coach in Cincinnati during some of his good years in Cincinnati. And Vance Joseph was obviously a defensive back-minded coach. He was a defensive coordinator for the Bengals when Pac-Man Jones was there. So he's a guy that will know the system, know what the coaches expect from him, so that's good. And I'm excited to have that more depth. The Broncos keeping six cornerbacks there. Hopefully Yeadham and Langley can get better and better, but I feel better about that cornerback spot with Jones there. And I have him keeping all six of those guys. Yeah. And last but not least, as for the roster, safety – why don't you start us off there? I have the Broncos. You know, it's kind of weird. They have like different safeties playing different kind of roles because there's that dimebacker spot as well. They're really pretty versatile, and Woods likes to play those safeties in the box a lot as well. But I have five guys listed here. Justin Simmons, obviously, budding star on the team. You know, He can be very versatile, good player all around. Darian Stewart, honestly, Darian Stewart kind of disappointed me in the preseason. There's some run support plays where he just not getting there in time. And I know he's you know playing that strong safety, free safety, hybrid kind of role, but still – hoping that he can make better plays coming up. If he has a clear lane and he's the guy who has nobody on him, he needs to be the guy that makes the play. So Darian Stewart, got to play a little bit better. I have Will Parks making it. He was injured, and hopefully he will be healthy because he flashed some in that first preseason game, even in the second preseason game if we're getting injured. And he looked at taking a big step there, so but hopeful with him. Uh, Demonte Thomas, man, what a good game. Week three, I think he had one play where he was totally fooled by a – it was a handoff and then – Colt McCoy kind of did a fake pass to the left and it froze him completely and he got jumped the wrong way and there's a big lane where the, I think it was Capri Bibbs made a big run to the right side in between the right tackle and the right guard. But other than that, Thomas, great play. I mean, he was playing in the box. He's playing some deep safety. So I'm excited to see him as undrafted free agent last year and he definitely deserves a spot on this team. And I have Sue Cravens making it. I'm not sure what's going on there. Are they going to put him in IR? Are they going to move on from him? Apparently, you know, we were talking about it before recording. He was cleared to practice, so hopefully he'll get out there and play. He does have tools, but you know, does he does he have the the ability to play football? I mean, is he going to be dinged up forever? Does he have the mentality to play through injuries? There's just so many questions there with Cravens, and a lot of rumors you know, kind of circling around him as well. So interesting to see there. But I got him making it just because of the potential, and they did make an investment to bring him in. So Justin Simmons, Darian Stewart, Devontae Thomas, Will Parks, and Sua Cravens. Yeah, I'm with you 100% on that. Justin Simmons, he looks like he's going to break really break out this year. Darian Stewart, he was up and down this year in preseason so far. He has made some nice plays against the run, but he's also had some really bad bad plays. Like ones where he should have been there quicker, ones where he was hitting the wrong hole, things like that. Will Parks, before he got hurt, he really only had a hand, small handful of bad plays. One of them was one against the bears where he just, he crashed too far inside on a run, which really left a lot on the rookie Bradley Chubb. But again, I have a film piece on that, that breaks down that play more specifically. So Cravens, 
He needs to get out there. He needs to get on the field and needs to show what he can do. He was brought in to help cover tight ends, which has been a big weakness for this Broncos roster. Getting him out there is going to be key for this. And if he does well enough, then obviously I don't think that they absolutely need to bring in Corey Nelson. And then DeMonte Thomas. This was a guy that I thought outplayed Jamal Carter last year when they were both on the roster. He looked great last year when he was when he finally saw the field. He came in training camp with a lot of hype, and he was, wasn't talked about much, but he was playing really well in training camp. Three preseason games, and he's played really well. He's made a couple mistakes, but his play overall has been really strong. He had that one, as you were talking about, and exa- it's exactly what you were saying, that he just bit a little bit too much. And, he bit hard. Not a little yeah, too he, much. He bit, he bit, he bit, he bit hard. He bit hard, yeah. <laughs> and uh, But, yeah, I mean, you're going you're gonna to have mistakes like that with a young player like him, and it's one that he's going to sit down and he's going to grow and learn from. So and honestly, watching him, the preseason week three game against the Redskins, I think his man coverage ability against tight ends was the best I've seen from a Bronco player all, all through the first three preseason games. I mean, there were he was in man coverage, covering them, closing down in the lanes when the quarterback was looking on them. So I that was really promising to see because tight ends have been an issue. And I thought, I mean, obviously they didn't have Jordan Reed playing, but he did a good job closing down. And I, there was a couple plays, I think he had even a sack, where you saw Alex Smith kind of look to the left first. Chris Harris had good coverage, then look to the tight end. Then you saw Tom, Thomas just close down on that lane really quickly after that tight end broke. And Alex Smith pulled it in and then ended up either throwing it away or getting sacked. So I'm, I'm excited about him, and he definitely deserves some some hype besides that one play where he read that or bit really hard on the, the fake throwing action of Colt McCoy, and then it was a 20-yard run, I think, to the right side. But really good, really promising. And honestly, if Darian Stewart got hurt or something, I think Thomas and Will Parks, obviously, a lot of questions there. But those guys have flashed enough in preseason where Darian Stewart being an older guy, everything like that, this probably will be his last season in Denver. And the Broncos could bring in another guy, obviously, compete. But I feel... I have some intrigue, especially with you know potential Cravens. You will see there, but Parks and Thomas also showed pretty well. And having those young, athletic guys that are growing and showing promise behind an older guy like Stewart gives me hope for this Broncos safety unit. Before we finish this off, and we still have a little bit to get to covering practice squad and injured reserve a little bit, I would remind your listeners to please give us a click and subscribe to us on iTunes as well as Stitcher, and we're also on Spotify now. So don't forget, don't forget Spotify. And also, don't forget to share us on Facebook and Twitter. We wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for you listeners. So just we just ask that you guys help spread the word around and go to iTunes and Spreaker, rate, subscribe, leave your thoughts and opinions, and just basically let your voices be heard on what you guys think of our shows. It's very much appreciated that you guys go and do this because if it wasn't for you guys, we wouldn't be able to do something that we all love to do. Now, very briefly, we're going to go over practice squad. I have a few names here of guys that I think that Denver looks at and who I think should make it. Obviously, I don't have David Williams on there, so I think he definitely should make it. Marcus Rush, Alexander Johnson, Isaiah McKenzie, if he doesn't make the roster. Andreas Snap, Elijah Wilkinson, Deshaun Williams, DeAndre White, who I was actually surprised to see him get the hit the field as early as he did because he hit the field with the second unit offense. And for a guy who was brought in just before the second game of the preseason, getting him out there that early, it really caught my attention. And then Trey Marshall, Jordan Moore, two safeties that have looked really good. Then Brian Parker, Jeremiah Patasi, Keishon Barrera, John Diars, River Crawcraft. Denver has options at receiver. Um, River Crawcraft, he's a guy who at one point was competing for this roster, and he really fell off. John Diars is coming on. Diars is coming on strong at the end of the season, and he looks really big too. He looks a lot bigger than he is on the field. 
I remember one play against Washington where he's lined up against the corner and he looked like he was six foot four and like 250 pounds. He looked huge. I, I was really stunned about how big he actually looked. Keishon Barrera, he's a draft pick, later round draft pick who could possibly make it. Alexander Johnson, he's that guy that we talked about as having that big, big signing, big contract that he signed to, but he still has a chance to make this roster. But, so, yeah, th- those are the guys that I'd be looking at. Definitely some of them I think have a little bit better shot. Brian Parker, he's one that I would definitely look at as well. And if Matt, La- if they only keep three tight ends, then I definitely look at Matt Lacazzi or Brian Parker to make this roster. With the injury concerns, I would keep four on the roster, as I mentioned, and then Brian- try to get Brian Parker back on the practice squad. For sure. Can't disagree. It'll be interesting to see. You know, they can also grab somebody else off a different team if they – obviously the scouting team has some – some scattering reports and some interest in players outside of the Denver Broncos current roster. So that'll be interesting to see. And also who will end up on IR and who will end up trading. You know, we talked about potentially a guy like Devonte Booker being moved, maybe Max Garcia, probably not though. Cause just cause the, the valuable depth that he provides, um, maybe a guy like Shane Ray's moved. So it'll be interesting. And then on IR, you know, Troy Fumagalli probably being moved there. Maybe Sam Jones, maybe Sua Cravens. So, it will be uh, it'll be interesting to follow that and see who the Broncos can wheel and deal here right before the season starts. Yeah, and as for injury reserve right now, I have Troy Fumagalli making it. I mean, he's a guy he really needs to come in and show what he could do. And at this point, I think it's too little, too late. Even if he gets the field for the hits the field for the fourth game, I think he's going to end up suffering some kind of setback and land himself on IR. Because again, too little, too late. You can't miss three games and then go and do it when you're a rookie. Sue Cravens, it's a little bit different because he was brought in to specifically do one job. Sam Jones and J.J. Dialman, those are two guys that have missed a couple games now with injuries. Jordan Taylor, he's a guy who's on the pup list. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he continues to be on the pup list or gets moved over to IR or even pup list to IR. So later on in the season, Marcus Rios, Shamarco Thomas, who has an eye injury going on, and then Jamal Carter and DeAndre's Mount, who are already on the injured reserve list. So that's how I would look at it. And obviously, if they weren't mentioned, then they're probably not making the roster in our eyes. Now, we do have a couple questions before we finish this off. The first one is, what could the Broncos get from other teams if they were to trade Paxton and or Devontae Booker? I mean, Paxton, hopefully a seventh round pick. Somebody just just getting that roster off the team is going to be big. Getting that salary off the team is going to be big. And then for Shane Ray... The other one, Devontae Booker. Oh, Devontae Booker, probably, probably a five or six. I don't have super high hopes. It's more about just creating the roster spot and shedding some of that cost. Yeah, I think with Paxton Lynch, Denver's going to have to send a pick with him and try to get something back. Again, as I mentioned before, I think sending like a fifth or fourth or fifth round pick with Paxton Lynch and trying to get a conditional fourth and fifth or a conditional fifth six pick, sixth round pick is going to be about the most that they can do. And then Devontae Booker, I think I'd be shocked if they got anything more than a fifth-round pick. I think it would be a team that definitely that needs somebody who can specifically run north and south because that's about the only thing that he brings to the roster, who can take what's given because, again, he's not going to sit there and find the hole that's not where he's supposed to run and pick up more and then provide some pass protection as well as some decent receiving ability out of the backfield. He's very limited at what he can do, and I think that's going to hurt his his market. Then our next question is one that also revolves around Devonte Booker a little bit. And it's how sure are you that Royce Freeman will be listed as a starter early in the season? Or does Booker still hold that honor? Basically 
if you couldn't tell, we're talking about Devontae Booker even making this team. So there, I don't see how there's any way that the Denver Broncos cannot have Royce Freeman be listed as their starter. I don't, I don't see how there's any way that they possibly can. There has clearly been one of these two guys that has been outplaying the other that makes this choice easy. Devontae Booker, at best, has been the third best back on this roster. And even that's pushing it, in my opinion. Yeah, I would be happy to shut his salary. He, for being a guy who's built with good patience and vision and everything coming out of Utah, absolutely not what he's shown. He's got a propensity to run into his own offensive line. He gets hit right away and then falls forward one, two yards. So nothing special there. Uh, definitely a guy that just, you know, a jag, just a guy. So not very, not very talented. I mean, he's obviously an NFL player, so we're talking as far as NFL goes, but not special. And the Broncos want to keep a guy, David Williams, you know, potentially get some trade back value back from Booker, then I would definitely look to do that if possible. And then the last question we have is Heard Hireman is out playing butt. What's up with butt? Is it learning curve or I think it's for me, I think it's two things with butt. First, it's how long he missed playing. Like he's been away from the game for a while. And then I think there's a little bit of learning curve. Not just learning the playbook and the plays and all that. I think it's a little bit learning curve of what to do in game of reading defenses of setting defenses up because that's what a lot of a lot of things is is if you're a receiver or a tight end or even a pass rusher you sit here and you keep doing the same move like multiple times and then you do something the complete opposite to try to catch them off guard just things like that i think it is with butt and jeff hireman he's flashed his ability before this time he's actually he's finally healthy so he's really able to show it on the field yeah jake but tight end's a hard position because you have to learn not only all the stuff that being a receiver, but you also have to learn all the stuff of being an offensive lineman. So Jake Butt, you know, he made good plays. He was kind of a chain mover for Michigan, but he never was a phenomenal athlete. He just was a more of a volume guy because of how Michigan ran that offense. And also he struggled as a pass blocker and run blocker at Michigan as well. And he's showing that so far that he's not really doing a great job controlling his guy when he's tasked double team or one-on-one, you know, either way, he's got to work as a pass blocker and run blocker. So It'll be interesting to watch him progress, but I think that tight end group, Hireman's going to be a free agent next offseason, I believe. So this is his last year on the contract. So tight end's, a, tight end's still a question mark going forward. So that might be a position that the Broncos are interested in adding to in the offseason, maybe in the draft. And we did have a question from at ARX underscore D, Dylan Von Arks. It was, a, what are some early 2019 draft prospects that you think the Broncos should be paying attention to? I think that there's definitely a couple linebackers. I haven't really dug deep into it. I've just caught a couple players here and there. I don't normally start digging in deep towards the end of college season. Um, I know there's a couple linebackers, and that's one of the first positions I'd be looking at. There's a couple offensive linemen, offensive tackles that can provide some versatility. Obviously, the defensive line class is so strong. I'd be looking. I'd be hoping that maybe you can somehow get land that LSU linebacker. If not, I know that there's a pretty solid linebacker out of Michigan coming out that probably will be there in the second round. There's another one from, I want to say, like Northwestern that's pretty good. Patty Fisher, Devin Bush, and Devin White. Yeah, that's their names. I'm really bad with names as well. Yeah. (laughs) So Mac Wilson from Alabama is an interesting guy. Yeah. There's a guy with a hyphenated last name that plays for Duke. Uh, I think he led the ACC in tackles last season. Yep. He's interesting. There's a linebacker at Oregon. Uh, defensive line, interior defensive line. I mean, you got Shelby Harris and Adam Gotsis. Next season will be their last year, and normally defensive line takes 
a year or two developed before they're really contrib- contributing. So if the Broncos take a defensive lineman early next year, then 2020, that's probably when you see that guy. 2020, 2021 is when you see them actually fill in for that role. So it's always smart to you know draft defensive line positions like that a year earlier than you're going to need them so they have a season to kind of grow and you still have that fifth-year option for first-round picks. Guys like Rashawn Gary from Michigan, another Michigan player. Uh, I really like Jeffrey Simmons, although there's some questions with his off-field. He had an incident when he was in high school. Uh, then you have like guys like Raquan Davis from Alabama. Obviously, Ed Oliver, but that's not going to happen unless the Broncos get a top three pick, which I don't think will happen. They look, they look too good, you know. Unless Case Keenum and Von Miller get hurt, that's probably not likely. Uh, cornerback is a position too. You didn't really mention, but I think cornerback is one. You know, you have young guys and Isaac Adam and Brennan Langley, but the Broncos like to have three corners that they can just line up and let them play man and not really have to worry about it. And there's some interesting cornerbacks next year. I like uh, Michael Jackson from Miami. He's a guy that kind of fits the Bronco press man mold. I think he's not an amazing athlete, but I think he's a better athlete than Yadam, and he can play that boundary corner if they need him to. And then uh, Greedy Williams from LSU is probably the number one cornerback right now, but cornerback can change a lot. I remember this time last year, Tavares McFadden was, some people were calling him the best cornerback in college football, and he ended up going like the sixth round or something. So we'll see about cornerback. Defensive line, obviously, interior defensive line, off-ball linebacker. And after that, probably offensive tackle, just because Jared Belladier is going to be older. Um, you got guys like David Edwards, uh, Jonah, David Edwards from Wisconsin, uh, Jonah Williams from Alabama, uh, Yadni Kajus from West Virginia is an interesting guy. And there's some other ones as well. You know, Reisner from Kansas State is kind of an in, probably an interior offensive lineman, but could play right tackle. And then I think there's some offensive weapons as well. I mean, you got Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders are going to be older. Both of those guys might be better for the Broncos to move on from next season. And you have Cortland Sutton, obviously great. You have uh, Deshaun Hamilton. Deshaun Hamilton might project best as a wide receiver three or a slot kind of guy in the league. And it looks like a really good wide receiver class coming up. So, you know, if the board falls that way and the best player on your board is a wide receiver, then I, you know, screw the filling the exact immediate need. If that's the best player on there, you know, two, three years from now, you're going to be happy you took the best player on your board rather than just filling the, an immediate need. And there are also some interesting tight ends as well. You know, Noah Fant, Knox, Aiden Smith, and if Jeff Hireman leaves in the offseason and Jake Butt doesn't really progress, then that's a need as well. And both Case Keenum and Chad Kelly really like to use that tight end. You know, you see, you saw Case Keenum fit some in there to both the tight ends, and Chad Kelly had a couple passes to tight ends too. So having a guy that they can line up all over, especially because I noticed Musgraves was lighting that tight end a few times, isolated as that boundary receiver, you know, flashing him out, yeah. getting that linebacker by themselves. So having a guy that can be a a valuable player out there and be almost another a wide receiver could be really interesting for how the Musgraves was calling that offense. So a lot of guys, I really like Noah Phantom, obviously a biased Hawkeye fan, but he's, he's an interesting player, a very unique skill set, And I think, you know, he's got some Vernon Davis athletic, athletic traits. So it'll be interesting to watch, but Broncos can go a lot of ways. I think it's more likely you can talk about positions. They probably won't go round one, probably not safety, probably not edge rusher. Personally, for me, probably I would not go into your offensive line round one. But, you know, you never know if a great one falls or if it's a kind of an offensive tackle slash interior offensive lineman, a guy that offers that versatility. That's, I'd lean that way a little bit more than a pure interior guy. But a lot of ways they can go. Right now, probably my favorites would be an interior defensive lineman or an off-ball linebacker or a cornerback just because I am all about loading up on defensive talent early and often in the draft because those guys bust less and you just get more athleticism. And that's just the mentality of this team. You know, it's a defensive team, so I'm all about adding to that defense. Are you done? Yeah, sorry, man. I can talk. <laughs> I'm ready to talk about the draft. We need to get up on it. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, I'll definitely end up getting caught up on it more here in the next couple months. Right now, it's just been all Broncos stuff, getting ready for the yeah. season and whatnot. 
But yeah, and definitely once once we get close to that, I'll have to have you on again so we can actually sit down and have a conversation about it instead of me just listening to you talk. Because as I said before, when I was talking that I don't really get into it until later in the college season. I like to kind of sit there and pay attention to who's getting hyped and who isn't. And then watching how people who aren't getting hyped suddenly start getting hyped. People who are getting hyped suddenly start to fall off. As you mentioned, McFadden from last year, he was one who had so much hype going in. And then it's just like plummeted. Cornerback's so. one of those positions where the status can change a crap ton. I mean, yeah. you look at Marshawn Lattimore came out of absolutely nowhere and then ended up being him and Jalen Ramsey, arguably my favorite cornerback tape that I've scouted since I started doing this. Yep, definitely. Well, it's been great having you on, Nick. And I hope you listeners all enjoyed it. So thank you guys for listening to Trickle Down Theories. Please leave a like and subscribe to us. Follow us on Twitter at Nick Kendall, MHH, and my own at Eric Trickle. You can always reach us on there with any kind of question, and we're always so willing to respond. We love the interaction with you guys, the fans, the listeners, the readers of our content. And it's because without your guys' support, we wouldn't be here where we are without you. So we thank you for that. You've been listening to Trickle Down Theories. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. 